Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right, thank you for being friendly. Let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 4, and we'll read two verses together, the ninth and the 10th. Genesis chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. This is, I'm skipping to the part of the story where Cain is being confronted about killing his brother. Verse 9 says, The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? There he goes again asking questions he knows the answers to, right? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? He's asking another question. The voice of your brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And I want to teach a mini Bible study here tonight. I'm not going to teach real long. I'd like to even have a few testimonies. And hopefully I can inspire a few tonight. But I want you to know this. Just because a person is dead does not mean that they don't speak. I'm not talking about you're in bed at night and your dead parent comes back and talks to you. But innocent blood still has a voice. Abel was righteous and he was killed by his brother. But God heard his voice from the grave. That's what he said. He said it right here. He said, the voice of your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. And tonight I want to talk to you about innocent blood still has a voice. Innocent blood still has a voice. God bless you. You may be seated. There are two things that Satan cannot overcome in our lives. Two things. Number one, he cannot overcome the blood of the lamb. He cannot overcome the blood of the lamb and he cannot overcome your testimony. Nobody, including Satan, can overtake your testimony. They can't. How can they say that you haven't felt the presence of God? How can they say that you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How can they say that you haven't been healed or delivered or blessed? How can they? They're not you. And you have that experience. And your testimony and the Lamb's blood are what you, you, you should be using on a daily basis to keep victory in your life. On a daily basis. Now, Satan is portrayed as either a wolf or a lion in the scripture, at least those two animals, when it comes to uh, coming against God's people, which are referred to as sheep. Now, I've been to a zoo. You probably have been too. I've never, obviously, I've never met a lion in the wild, but I have been in a zoo where I've seen a caged lion, and I've heard him roar from his cage And to think that that kind of an animal might meet you in the wilderness could be very intimidating. Can I get an amen to that? 
And I, I remember, I thought about this when I was putting this message together. I remember being in uh, Escanaba, Michigan with the Matsons when we used to go hunting in Escanaba. And if you know anything about deer hunting, you know that deer like to come out just before dark. And so you have to sit there a long time and, and be quiet and be still because just before dark, that's when they're going to come out. And so because you've sat there for so long and maybe not seen anything, you may have a tendency to sit there until after dark. And that was the case I remember one time while I was in Michigan that I, I wanted to see a deer so bad that I sat there till after dark. The weather was nice. And I thought, I'm staying here. Sooner or later, they're going to come out. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And sure enough, they came out. But it was too dark to shoot. But now, it's dark. Now, I have a flashlight and I have a rifle. But I heard this blood-curdling cry of a wolf. Probably looking for another wolf and probably thinking about packing up or, or getting together and beginning their their night hunts. And that is a terrible, terrible feeling to think when you can't see and a beast like a wolf is near you, that can be horrifying. And so you know what you do? You whistle in the graveyard, so to speak. You sing Jesus songs. <laughs> the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. And, and you get your flashlight out and you flash it around and, and, and then try and intimidate anything that might see the light, like there maybe is more than one of you. Or, and if that doesn't work, you begin to talk to the animal. Mr. Wolf, I have a rifle and I am not afraid to use it. You do all kinds of things when you're afraid because the roar of a wolf or a lion can be frightening to a human. Now, most men wouldn't want to admit that, but it's true. And I remember taking my flashlight and flashing it all over the place and, and talking to the wolf, and the wolf never came after me. Thank God for that. But there are times that the wolf is going to speak to you. Have you had any wolves talk to you? Has Satan ever been a roaring lion? seeking whom he may devour? And have you ever been intimidated by that? Because you see, the wolf is an animal that relies on killing its prey. It's not a, it's a meat eater. This is what John 10 and 10 said. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what Satan wants to do with your life. Who's behind suicide? Satan. He doesn't have the power to take your life, but he will try and inspire you to take your own or to take someone else's. The inspiration's coming from the wolf. And he starts by trying to steal your peace, your joy, and your righteousness. And if he succeeds in that, then he goes to the next level. And eventually his goal is to destroy and keep your soul from heaven. His steal, he'll kill, and he'll destroy. 
But if you read the rest of John 10 and 10, it says, but I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So if the wolf comes to kill, then the lamb came to save. I want to refer to the Old Testament and the New Testament and make a comparison. And this is really the gist of of this Bible study tonight. In Exodus chapter 12, we are reminded of the Passover. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 5. The description that God gave was that your lamb will be without blemish, a male of the first year. You will take it from the sheep or from the goats. You will keep it until the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they will take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Then in verse 12 it says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to, there's that word, destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now this is the literal, what we call Passover. A perfect lamb, an innocent, defenseless animal, without any blemish, and all of this relates to Jesus, must be sacrificed, the blood must be drained, and the blood must be applied. The blood must be applied. It's not just shed. It must be applied. And he tells how to apply it. He said, I want it on the side posts and I want it on the door post. And when I approach your house, when I see the blood, I will pass over. That's why it's called the Passover. I'm not very intelligent. It took me a long time to figure out what the Passover was. But it simply means I pass over because I see the blood, I see the obedience I see the sacrifice. I see the blood. You followed what I asked you to do. Now I can pass over you. If I don't see the blood, I will execute judgment. All right. Now watch what happens in the New Testament. We know Jesus is the lamb, but I'm going to take one example from each of the four gospels to show you the fulfillment of the Passover from the Old Testament by Jesus in the New. Matthew chapter one begins this way in verse 21. You will bring forth a son. His name will be called Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Are you getting it? God has come to save his people. 
from their sins. His primary purpose, to save. Then in John chapter 1 and verse 29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. Verse 36, as Jesus walked, he said, he said it again. Two days later, behold, he's the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. Mark 16 and verse 15. Go into all the world, Jesus said. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be, which is why he came, to save his people from their sins. And now he's saying, here's how it gets applied. Belief and baptism. It's necessary. There has to be an application. And he that believeth not, well, I don't believe in God. Step away when people say that. I don't believe in God. Step back. They're damned already. Oh, you're too harsh. I'm not harsh. That's what it said. He that believeth not shall be damned. This is serious, folks. I remember we were talking, I was talking with my grandson at at supper tonight, talking with Nathan, and I was remembering, my wife and I were talking about going through the cancer thing again that we went through. And I remember finally meeting the surgeon. His name was Heisey. Dr. Heisey. And I said, Dr. Heisey, do you believe in God? And he said, yes, I do believe in God. Why do you ask me that? I said, because I want you to know that he believes in you. And he's going to use you. And that there are going to be many people praying for you. You know what he said? I'll take all the prayer I can get. That makes you feel comfortable when you've got that kind of a doctor that'll say, oh, I do believe in God and please pray for me. Then he goes on and he said, beyond the baptism, he said, and these signs will follow them that believe. I'm gonna show you what to look for in believers. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It won't hurt them and they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Is that happening in the church of the New Testament church? It should be. He said that's, that's the identifying marks that'll be on us. Then in Luke chapter 24, the fourth example, Luke 24 and 45 It says, Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance and remission of sins 
should be preached in whose name? Among all nations, not just the Jewish nation, but we'll start with Jerusalem. And you're all witnesses of these things. And then beyond that, I will send the promise of my Father unto you. You wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I want you to preach repentance and remission of sins. And what happened on the day of Pentecost? And they were all filled. Now here's the, do you know that Luke wrote the book of Acts? And I just read to you from Luke what he considered to be the Great Commission. So Luke continues in the book of Acts and he says that Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Exactly what he had said in his own book in the Gospel of Luke so that we would know how to have the Lamb's blood applied to our house, so that when the Lord comes to our house, he will be able to pass over us rather than execute judgment against us because he sees the blood of the Lamb on our lives. It's that simple. It's that simple. Luke is talking about the fulfillment of all four of the Gospels. So let me ask you this. Which is more powerful? The lamb's blood or the lion's roar? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus who can give me peace within? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I remembered too this evening while I was standing next to my wife in worship, I was so glad to have the Myers behind me because I remember one Sunday morning, maybe some of you weren't here when it happened, but I remember one Sunday morning, just before service, a man came up to me and said, what a wonderful church this is. What a great pastor you are. And all this flattery, and I get a little nervous when they lay it on too thick, you know? But this guy had all these flattering words, and he was right about there when he said all that stuff. And he circled around and he went into the, into the second row, right behind me. And the worship started and we were having a great worship service. That's really hard on Satan. Do you know that? He hates worship. He hates it when he sees God's people on their knees. He hates prayer. He hates praise. He's looking for the red exit signs when those things are taking place. And the same guy that was saying all those nice things a few minutes earlier started chanting. It just wasn't normal. He was very loud, meaning that he became distracting. He wanted attention. His words were, 
were not in the form of praise, and I was very uncomfortable. And finally, I thought, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to this guy. And so I, I came out from where I was, and I turned around to go and, and talk to him, and when I looked in his eyes, I saw it. And I, I pointed at him, and I said, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And that guy went right, he was a huge guy too. That guy went right down on the floor just at the pointing of a finger and the word of Jesus. I'm nobody special, but the name of Jesus, the blood of the lamb, that's authority over the enemy. He has to recognize that. We need to use what God has given us. We need to use the authority that God has placed in our lives. And I remember he went right down on the floor and chairs were flying and, and people were coming from different directions. Do you know what the praise team did? I kept right on praising God. I was so proud of him. They weren't gonna let that guy interrupt the service. A few people around got around, prayed for him. He was on the, on the floor there and we prayed for him and God just took care of it. That's what's supposed to happen in an apostolic church. We're supposed to have authority over those things. But authority comes from the blood of the lamb and the name of the one that shed his blood. And his name is Jesus. And you need to use his name over and over and over again. Whenever you think there's evil in your life, you need to rebuke in the name of Jesus. You need to take authority. You need to plead the blood over your life and over your situation, right then and there. Don't try and stand up to him in your own strength. You're making a mistake. The lamb's blood gives us the victory. Finally, I want you to know this. Do you know that there are aborted babies that are crying from their graves? Do you know there are martyred saints that have gave their life for this gospel and they still have a voice. They still have a voice. Let me read it to you from Revelations chapter six. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And if you continue to read, he responds with 21 judgments. 21 judgments for what this world has done to him and to his people. There will be a day of reckoning. And people that have died with innocent blood still have a voice. Still have a voice. And I'm glad that I have an advocate. I'm glad that I have a mediator for somebody that accuses me before the throne of God. Isn't he the accuser of the brethren? And I'm glad that, that I know that the power is not in my ability or in my good works. But my greatest power is when I'm on my knees 
And I cry out to one who can forgive and cleanse me of my sins and iniquities. Take a look with me at 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. If we walk in the light, verse 7, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood, see it? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just the little ones, from all. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, here it is again, repentance before Remission of sins. I really feel you need to understand that. It's not, well, you know, I made another mistake, Lord, and here I am to get this cleaned up in my sin. No. Repent. Then apply the blood. We need to die every day. Every day. You're wearing, you're wearing flesh every day. You've got two spirits in one body. You've got a human spirit and you've got the Holy Ghost down in your soul if you spoke in other tongues when you received the Holy Ghost. But there's going to be a battle between those two spirits. And when we repent, I acknowledge my sin and I seek your mercy. It says if we confess our sins, verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Innocent blood still has a voice. It still has a voice. I recently uh, borrowed my wife's. She has this in a much nicer form and I use it. It's called a powerful prayer cover. How many of you have seen these? A few of you. I wanted to read just a portion of it to you tonight um, because I, I go over several parts of these every day in my, in my prayer time. And I'm not saying that you should read vain repetition. I'm not talking about vain repetition. But it reminds me of what to focus on during my prayer time. And this is just one area that I'd like you to hear. Lord, I claim your promises. Your word says you will fight for me. Deuteronomy 3, 22. It will not be by might nor by power, but by your spirit that I will overcome. Zechariah 4, 6. Because of my weaknesses, you will become strong in me. Hebrews 11 and 34. Even the gates of hell will not prevail against me as a part of your church. Matthew 16, verse 18. Through you I will do valiantly because it is you who treads down all of my enemies. Psalm 108, verse 13. Lord, I ask you to send angels to do battle for me here on earth and in the heavenlies 
against every source of wickedness. Hebrews 1 and 14. I ask you, Father, to cover and surround me, my family, properties, cars, pets, material assets, with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelations 12 and 11. I ask that the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ will also cover my body, my soul, my spirit, my mind, my will, my emotions, and my heart. Hebrews 9, 14. I am complete in you. I am redeemed. I am cleansed. I am sanctified by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 3 John chapter 1, verse 7. Therefore the devil has no place in me, and he has no power over me. Romans 16, 20. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to place your hedge of protection round about me. Job 1, verse 10. Please hide me under the shadow of your wings and surround me with a shield and hold me in your righteous hand. Psalm 91, verse 4. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from all my enemies. I take authority over Satan and all of his demons and those who, people who are influenced by them. I declare that Satan is under my feet and he will remain there. I plead the blood of Jesus over every area of my life. I am the righteousness of God and I am saying so. I have the God kind of faith, ever increasing and limitless faith. I am God's property. So Satan, get out of my life. My family, my mind, my job, my body, my home, my finances, and all that concerns me. I pray for the ministry that, Lord, you've called me to be a part of. I call in financial support so that we can do the work unhindered by lack. I call in ministry and helps and assist in the work. I call forth intercessors to at all times hold us up in prayer. I pray that all who are involved are perfectly united in our common understanding, opinions, and judgments. We stand firm in a united spirit and purpose, working side by side, centering in on the gospel. We live in harmony and unity. We do nothing through strife or vainglory. We follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, and long-suffering. We draw near to God, and God draws near to us.
I am called, anointed, and equipped to accomplish all that God has called me to do. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And I dispatch ministering angels to protect and assist me this day. I rebuke any negative expectations. I forgive all people. I receive from the Lord for he is my provider. I call forth divine appointments, open doors of opportunity, God-ordained and supernatural encounters, and ministry appointments and positions. I declare it to be so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the Lord perfect that which concerns me. Amen. The authority of the blood and the name of Jesus and that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb according to Revelation and the word of our testimony. And so tonight... What I did is I, I laid a bunch of these out on the altar. Maybe some of you are, are going through a spiritual battle right now. Maybe what you heard in just the last few moments will give you some encouragement. Do you know what, do you know what God told Joshua when he replaced Moses, one of the greatest men of the Bible? He said, be strong and be of good courage. And he said it twice. And when he addressed the people and the, and the people addressed Joshua, do you know what they asked for him? Without knowing what God had said, all we will do, as we did for Moses, we will now do for you. We only ask that you would be strong and of good courage. Satan uses fear. We use faith. And we need to use the tools that God has given us. So I think I just, I think I've said enough. I think it would be good if we would spend some time at the altar tonight. I've left these out. You may want to put them in your Bible. You may want to use them as part of your devotional time. But we need to recognize the power that's in us and the tools that God has given us to be victorious. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.